So do you know, I actually have a friend that married her high school sweetheart. Really? That reaction is why this movie is so dumb. <laughs> I know. Hey, Carter. So I'll see you after school? I'm in your dreams. Welcome to the planet. Listen, Jane, I was hoping we could... Be see good friends. Exactly. It's like you're reading my mind. Great. Um, maybe you could read mine. Dare you to... Maybe you're just too scared that someone might actually want to be with you. And why would that scare me? Because you want to be with me, too. I was getting along with everything fine, and then you happened. I might kiss you. I might be bad at it. It's not possible. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, a bad movie podcast. Where today we're talking about A What to Remember, the Nicholas Sparks movie, starring Mandy Moore, Shane West, Daryl Hannah, Peter Coyote. No, I think that covers it. I think that's everyone that you should know. And I hope you have your hankies out because this is a real tearjerker. Oh my gosh. For not for the reasons they thought. <laughs> I was just gr- glad to see that it was only an hour and a half long. <laughs> Me too. I don't think I could have taken two hours of this, of Mandy Moore's voice in this. It was kind of insufferable. I mean, Mandy Moore, I don't think, was very likable in this film. No, and she was supposed to be. Well, they tried too hard to make her seem perfect. Perfect the way a statue's perfect. Yeah. Like, really unapproachable and kind of cold. Not relatable. Better than you. So I didn't love her. And then Shane West is... He was a real Shane West. Well, he really sold the teenage boy thing. Even though he was 22. But he acted like a teenage boy, and yeah. um, in that sense, probably a good good part for him. But it didn't make me love him. No, I was just like, oh, he turned on a dime on this, like, his whole lifestyle, but mm-hmm. he's still not... Well, that was the least realistic part. The realistic part was before all that. <laughs> I know. So I also... This came out when I was in middle school, and I wound up having to see it several times when I was in middle school, so I can Ooh. say definitively that... The reason I don't like this movie isn't because I didn't see it when I was the right age. (laughs) I also saw it, I think, in high school. Or middle school or high school. And I also thought it was really stupid. Yeah. Although that song that's in the middle will get stuck in your head. The Switchfoot song that she liked and so sang herself. Listening to Switchfoot, I was like, oh my gosh, I love these guys. I need to, like, find my CD of them. No, I totally forgot about them. Yeah, Dare You to Move. Man, yeah, that was such a big deal when I was oh, in middle yeah. school. I loved that song. <laughs> I know. And I was listening to it in the, on the movie, and I was like, oh, it still holds up. Right? So, score one for Switchfoot. Lasting the way Mandy Moore cannot. Yes. So we open with a group of drunk, rambunctious teenagers who are engaged in all sorts of risky behavior. Classic cool kid stuff. Like leaving dances early, making out, and daring new students to do what are supposed to be harmless hijinks. Are they? We'll find out. Okay. The group includes Landon Carter. Yes, that is his name. It was 2002. That was the coolest name you could have. He definitely sounds like a country club. And I don't mean a country club kid. I mean like a country club. A country club. That's Shane West's character. And it also includes the much angrier Dean, who looks just so much like Shane West. It was good that they weren't in a lot of the movie next to each other. I I had a real hard time with that. But in the dark, in the first scene, I was having a lot of trouble telling them apart. And I was like, oh, wait, Shane West is really mean in this. Oh, wait, it's the other guy. (laughs) Yeah, so that was a weird casting choice. Yeah. This whole scene, also, they were so... Oh, they were trying so hard to be early 2000s edgy cool teens and it made me so embarrassed for the actors to watch this it was very cringy for me when the new kid clay shows up they pressure him into jumping into some sort of water reservoir there's a water treatment plant or something next to it it's like a factory or something like that. yeah it's an industrial thing they tell him it's super safe and that they've all done it before so of course he immediately hits his head on a pole when he jumps in They're discovered by a security guard at the same time, and everyone flees, but Shane West, who's in the middle of rescuing him, is delayed, and so is caught by the police after a very mild chase scene, because teenagers are idiots. I know, he still manages to wreck his car. 
Well, plus he hears the sirens and he sees the lights and he's like, oh, I can outrun these guys. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're just making it a hundred times worse. Also, he lives in a small town and that classic car was extremely recognizable. Yeah. Why would you still be trying to run? Yeah. We cut the next morning to Daryl Hannah, a.k.a. Landon's mom. Oh, she looked bad in this movie. She didn't look great. Her hair color, hair cut, and whatever she had had done to her lips all... Made me very upset. She didn't look like Daryl Hannah to me. No, she didn't. Well, and as her face has gotten older, it's gotten really defined. And so, yeah, you just have to be careful with her hair. Yeah. She's making him breakfast the next morning. He thinks he probably shouldn't go to church today because his leg hurts. My goodness. The attitude on this kid. I know. I'm so confident about it, too. And yeah. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you were arrested last night. That's the reason you're injured, is because you got another kid super injured. And oh, she never even brings it up. Yeah, well, this may shock you, but I think she's probably a bad mom. She's a terrible mom. Yeah. I don't think she's supposed to be, but she is. That's the weird thing. She's not supposed to be, but as I was watching this, I was like, um... Your kid is terrible, and the reason is probably you. She's a cool mom. Yeah. And I would understand that there's a lot of things that he does that she wouldn't necessarily know about, but that is terrible. Like, a kid could have died oh, because I know. of that. And instead, she absolutely does not ground him, monitor him more, put him on lockdown, nothing. The most she does is threaten to call his father, which she doesn't consider a threat, and we learn there's some drama between him and his daddy. Don't worry. It's hilarious drama. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Nicholas Sparks put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. At church, Peter Coyote, a.k.a. Reverend Sullivan. A.k.a. a man who dyes his hair but not his <laughs> eyebrows. Also Mandy Moore's father. Yes. This. Gives a sanctimonious prayer of thanksgiving that no one was hurt last night. Yeah. <laughs> it was so insufferable. While looking right at Shane West it's with like, his giant forehead bandage. Yes. Which is doing him no favors because he has a giant forehead. So <laughs> That's why I needed the giant bandage. Well, I guess. Then the choir starts singing and we get a solo from Mandy Moore that's much less effective than I think they thought it would be. Here's the thing. Mandy Moore's voice was very 2002, but like even for 2002, it was a little bit too sappy poppy. And it didn't have in this solo, it didn't have any power or well, like her voice has almost never had any power. That's, yeah. And anytime she sings in this movie, it doesn't have any. It's very like high, thin small voice well the solo in the middle it does only because they've clearly mic'd her and she sang it in a studio but like yeah. i'm like you don't have a church choir voice no you don't don't there, sing there it. are people who do mm -hmm. being able to sing well doesn't mean you can do what you're trying to do exactly but i forgot how silly her voice sounds it sounded because they kept going with the song that happened longer than they should every have. single song she sang in this. It was like, why is this still happening? Yeah. And again, I understand the middle bit, but this was Even weird. Then. And here's the thing. This is a movie that suffers from the no scene should be longer than a minute and a half problem. We are jumping through these scenes like crazy. Only a little bit can happen in each location. Do we need to change locations to continue the plot? No, but we do. And it's always later the day, that day, the next day in a different class. Like this is how the movie works. So anytime they linger on something, it really stands out. Yeah. And it actually leads to some very hilarious scene cuts, but it does also mean you can't tell how long it's been. Yeah. At one point... He, it's either been a week or six months. I don't know. Right. I mean, at one point, he goes to see that kid in the hospital, and I'm like, wait, has it been six months? Why are you still in the hospital? <laughs> yeah. It looks like you just broke your arm. Yeah. At school, Landon's friends tell him they're impressed he went to jail, because again, teenagers are idiots. I know. He tells them the clever story he told the cops about taking a drive, finding Clay, and saving his life that I'm sure had the police totally fooled. I know. His friends are like, oh, you're a Jedi master with uh, all those uh, lies you're telling and convincing people. And I was like, dude, the cops didn't believe you. They just couldn't yeah. prove you wrong. Or we later find out from the principal that they basically are leaving it to him to deal with. Yeah. Which, because Clay doesn't want to press charges. The kid that was injured. Clay's family's not pressing charges. Right. Guess who else isn't pressing charges? The factory. Yes. Which they're they not, also say. Right. They're not pressing trespassing charges. 
which seems like it's a terrible legal decision because if those same kids end up back there and someone gets really hurt or dies, the factory doesn't have a great defense saying, yeah, we knew they were doing that and we didn't do anything to stop it. Yeah. That thing they jumped off of, that's called an attractive nuisance. (laughs) And it's your job to realize it's there and keep people off of it. Yeah. Well, because also the police may not have pressed the issue because the cops would have seen, like, four other cars pulling away. <laughs> like, yeah. they knew what was going on. But, again, teenagers are idiots, which is what we will be saying through this entire movie. Yeah. Then, Landon and his friends make fun of frumpy Jamie Sullivan. This is that thing if we put someone in ill-fitting clothing and they're suddenly hideous. Yeah. And, yeah, so we know that's that's Mandy Moore. And so we know she's a huge loser who everyone thinks is ugly. We cut to the principal's office where he pulls out a bunch of empty beer bottles that were found on the premises. Four, which, like... Hopefully it's just that he didn't want to bring all of them in and not that they all just had one beer each. (laughs) Not even one each. There were, like, six (laughs) kids. Maybe there was one person that wasn't throwing away their empties. Yeah. So he says Landon's lucky that no one's pressing charges. So the principal punishes him by making him help the janitors clean the school. It's an insane laundry list. Yeah. It it, it doesn't go together at all. No. He was just (laughs) like, what would this kid hate? Yeah. Uh, Help the janitors clean the school. Tutor students at a sister school. Who wants this kid tutoring people? (laughs) It seems like a punishment for the other kids. Disadvantaged students is what he said. So they're being punished also (laughs) right now. And then also to act in the spring play, which didn't seem like a punishment to me, but I guess now Nicholas... Now you're punishing everyone who has to watch it. Well, yeah, I guess Nicholas Sparks' high school was different than mine. I think Nicholas Sparks' imagination <laughs> is a very small place, and he was like, how would they fall in love? Play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Cool kids don't want to be in school plays, which again, his high school must have been very different than mine. Yeah, only although cool it's not kids that cool got... kids. Well, cool kids weren't necessarily, I guess, in the plays. Although some of them were not know. unpopular, because that required taking a class. But in the musical, the musical, everyone was in the musical. I guess that's what I was thinking. This this is a musical that they're doing kind of oh, allegedly they call and it not musical. the way not the way our high school did a musical where it's a big show and dance with a bunch of people in it this has six people in the entire show well that's because our high school put real musicals on not something that some kid wrote and I then know. mandy moore wrote the songs to which i really think is probably why it was a punishment and no one is in these plays because they let the students write them yeah that seems like your problem high school yeah exactly. do real musicals At his first punishment of cleaning the gym, he sees Jamie demonstrating a star frame for a few people for some reason. I later figured out this is, like, some club called the Stars and Planets or something, and... Oh, yeah, because that makes it book. Yes, and that makes it even weirder that she's showing them what a star frame is. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Also, it kind of, at the end of the scene, it seems like she's just been practicing... A presentation on a star frame because there's no one there at that point. They leave immediately. <laughs> well, and I thought she was at some sort of like weird science fair, and then I thought, and then I thought she was tutoring. But then the gym was empty. Yeah, and then I thought there were a bunch of kids that she was tutoring. Except then I was like, wait, he's supposed to be tutoring, but he's janitoring right now. <laughs> this movie had a lot of things where you're like, what's happening? <laughs> what was going on so then i'm like surely the people in the stars and planets club would have been well versed in a lot of these like and what a star frame is she's like you hold it up and you can see the constellations you know what never comes up again star frames (laughs) i know you would have thought he would have like made a sweet one for her but nope nope. instead he makes something that i'm pretty sure he could not have made but we'll talk about it later well he spends a lot of time working on it so it's not about the time (laughs) Yeah, so really mostly it just gives a chance to see that Landon knows what a star frame is inexplicably. And Dean, his angry friend, just can't wait to make fun of Jamie for being religious. Except he's his burn is terrible. Oh, yeah. It is not even lukewarm. He's like, I bet you can see angels flying around up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get it? God. <laughs> Like, what is that? Yeah. 
Well, and then she takes the bait by responding and saying that the more Einstein studied the universe, the more he believed in a higher power. She's, I'm like, this is not the time or place, Jamie. I'm going to be saying that to her a lot. This is not the time or place for that discussion. She's constantly trying to evangelize everyone in good faith when they are making fun of her. Yeah. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Yeah, guess Jesus who Jesus already on. had an answer to that. Yeah. Done. You know who it worked on? No one in yeah. this whole movie. Well, one person, but there was a different reason for that. No, exactly. That didn't work on him. It was someone else that worked on him. <laughs> um, yeah. The next day at tutoring, it doesn't go well. And then on the bus ride home, I'm not going to get into it. It didn't yeah. go well. The kid's just like, this is dumb, and walks out. Like, yeah. That's what happened. Which I imagine is what tutoring disadvantaged high school students would be like. Yeah. That's why I don't do it. Jamie tries to sell him raffle tickets on the bus ride home and tries to offer him advice on how to tutor because she is super clueless. He doesn't care about this, Jamie. He doesn't want your advice. He's not interested in knowing how to tutor better. He's interested in not having to do this anymore. <laughs> exactly. Then she asks him about Clay and he tells her off. And there's a conversation that is just the worst. Please don't pretend like you know me, okay? But I do. I do. We have all the same classes in the same school since kindergarten. Why, you're Jamie Sullivan. You sit at lunch table seven, which isn't exactly the reject table, but is definitely in self-exile territory. You have exactly one sweater. You like to look at your feet when you walk. Oh, and yeah, and for fun, you like to tutor on the weekends and hang out with the cool kids from the stars and planets. Now, how's that sound? Fairly predictable. Nothing I haven't heard before. You don't care what people think about you? No. Don't tell me that, Jamie. Okay, this is my constant refrain when people say they either either claim they don't care what people think about them or they want to feel that way. The only people who genuinely don't care what other people think about them are sociopaths. Yeah. You ha As a human, your brain isn't working right if you don't care what people around you think. Because you care what your father thinks, I bet. You care what those kids from the Stars and Planets Club think about you. Well, and later it's made very clear you do care about what people think about you. Yeah, yeah. you just don't care what Landon and his friends think about you. Because guess what? They make fun of you anyway. I wouldn't care yeah. about what they thought about me either. And I would, I would and my feelings would get hurt. <laughs> and guess what? That's valid too. But this is the whole, she's so mature, she's so wise. Oh gosh, she's... she just seemed like a real freak, honestly. I didn't like her. No. Because I was like, you don't have the experience to get away with the kind of wisdom you're saying. Like, this is the kind of wisdom an adult in, like, their 40s has. Yeah. It's not that a teenager can't have wisdom or can't be wise. Like, there are old souls or whatever. But, like, it's different. The way that she was doing it is really performative. And it honestly is the way that like, homeschool kids will act sometimes, and it's not that they're wise, it's just that that's how they are, or that this is a choice they've made, that this is their personality. And that happens all the time in high school. You have people making insane choices about what their personality is, because that's how you define yourself at that point. Right, so she's basically, yeah, she's basically decided that the fewer emotions she shows, the wiser she seems, and Nicholas Sparks is buying it. <laughs> At the play, they're doing an original from one of the students, as we said. It's tragic. It's about some gangster, I guess. And I'm just going to say, it takes a long, a lot of time and effort to write a full-length play, especially since there's also apparently singing and dancing in it. Which, by the way, the singing is not period-appropriate for no, the setting. No! That bothered me so much. <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah. And also, the teacher casts everyone without auditions. Oh my goodness, they're reading the lines in the very next scene, and I'm like, wait, are these tryouts? Did she just literally name off of a roster who was going to be what? Yeah. And one of them doesn't even want to be there, and exactly. you gave him the lead? Are you kidding me? Well, I'm like, teacher, you deserve that, because you knew he was here as a punishment, and you gave him the lead anyway, and I guarantee it's because he was the best-looking kid in the class. And you thought he would be the best gangster because of it. Yeah, you know what? I was proud of our high school for not doing that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the kids that got cast, it was for personality. It was. And you know what? I didn't care because I already knew who those kids were. And I was judging them based on, a lot of the time, how well they did the part. And a lot of the time, they did the part well. Yeah, they did great. That's what high school's for. <laughs> Afterwards, Jamie calls him out on caring about being popular because she's 
super insightful. Yeah. Also, please don't right. act like someone not caring about being in a play they're forced to be in is somehow some sort of crime against humanity. He didn't want to be there. Isn't that crazy? Not he didn't needs to be in plays. Right. And when the teacher was like, you're going to be the lead. And he's like, I thought I could do like a non-speaking, non-on-stage part, and she's like, nope, lead. So now don't act like it's his fault that he's terrible at it. Hey, guess what? Sometimes people are just bad actors. That's true. All of the rehearsals in the world couldn't make some people good at plays. Yes. That's why I don't do community theater. There's still a lot of reasons why I don't do a lot of things. Because I'm not good at them. Anymore. It was made clear to you. (laughs) (laughs) This is not working. Well, to be fair, it is because they locked the door and changed the rehearsal time. But (laughs) so they kind of like get into a tiff over it. I don't know why she cares. Well, I guess she kind of says why she cares about him so much, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense. She starts so much stuff with him. Yeah. I was like, look, just admit you have a crush on him, and it's the only reason why you're doing this. Oh, I know. You could walk away from this movie if you weren't really watching it like I wasn't, thinking that she was completely not the aggressor in this when she 100% was. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to think she is. No, and that's what's irritating. And the story doesn't seem to think she has a crush on him, and that's why she's bothering him. But it is 100% true. She's like, I just want to help this poor idiot. Yeah. But then his ride home is, like, over a minute late, so he's forced to ask her for a ride. Yeah. I mean, he's standing there for 30 seconds, and she's just now leaving. I'm like, (laughs) you couldn't wait longer than that? He's looking around the parking lot with increasing (laughs) panic. He's like, my friend's never going to show up. I'm going to have to stand here overnight. Yes. He then shows he's the worst guest of all time by not wanting to wear a seatbelt and switching the radio station to something he knows she won't like. That is insane. She did not have to give you a ride. And in fact, <laughs> she could make you get out right now. Yeah. And then he sees she, his... She didn't even offer him a ride. I know. Yeah, he, he asked, asked for one. Yeah, that's true. And then he sees his friends and he's like, oh no, and ducks. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dumb. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, she'll be offering you rides in the future, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. She says one of the things she wants to do in her life is befriend someone she doesn't like, which is just... Okay, here's the thing. This whole movie, they're like, she's super Christian, and she's such a good Christian and such a good person, and I'm like, a good Christian person doesn't say that. (laughs) To the person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, they tried to make her a little bit quirky. She was sort of manic pixie dream christian (laughs) and she had this list and it was a long list let me tell you because the no and she lists off the numbers and that's how she introduces it she's like number 42 because she has them memorized weirdly oh gosh that is a sign of someone who is not normal yeah, she starts listing off other things that she wants to do, and some like of them... Like, be in two places at once. Yeah, bi-location is a weird goal to have. Yeah. Another one that seems really weird for her is get a tattoo. That was bizarre. Are you kidding me? But that was so early 2000s, of, like, everybody yeah. wants to get a tattoo. Like, getting a tattoo was on everyone's to-do list. And it was, like, a harmless, fun thing for... Yeah. And we'll see yeah. shortly that it actually Young white girls won't make do. any difference at all, so... Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered much. Nope. Get all the tattoos you want. So yeah, it seems like they're getting along, but then he ducks down in a seat when they drive by his friends. So later, his token black friend, Eric. It's super cool, by the way, that they made the one black guy in this movie a huge horn dog. <laughs> Good job. He does seem to be his closest friend. I thought it was he... going to be Dean at first, which would have been really confusing, but it was Eric. Thankfully, yeah. it was easy to tell them apart. Yes. He's helping him to learn his lines. He's a pretty good friend, actually. He is a pretty good friend. I just thought it was a gross character choice to make. For but him. again, that's early 2000s teen. Yeah. Also, any teen, let's face it. Because teenagers think they're funny because they're so clever and edgy. Oh, gosh. Uh, they're the worst. I know they are, aren't they? Apparently, the play is in three weeks, which is crazy. Oh, my goodness. And this is not even him coming in late. She did not even assign the parts. They just started. He came in at the beginning, and they were like, great, we'll put this on in three weeks. And it doesn't seem like this is two months later, and he still isn't bothered to memorize his lines. I don't like, think they, it is. No. Like, they just assign the parts, and then three weeks later, to an original story. Oh, I know. It's, yeah. So. You can't even learn your stuff by listening to the soundtrack. Exactly. And 
Eric's talking to him. He's like, somehow the entire school is going to make fun of him, even though he was forced into this by the principal, and surely everyone knows that. And he's super cool, so... Yeah. All you have to do is play it like you don't really care about being there, and you're just doing it to get by, and that's it. Done. You're fine. At school, I guess because he's panicked about being a huge loser, this isn't going to help. Landon asked Jamie to help him with his lines. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing cooler than being in the school play is knowing all <laughs> your lines real well. Oh, yeah. Not knowing your lines would be the one way you could still be cool, according to this logic. Well, yeah, isn't that weird? He acts like if he doesn't absolutely nail this, <laughs> it's somehow not going to count for the principal. Yeah. When all he said was be in it. He didn't yeah. say be good at it. He didn't say be the lead. She's not having it, though, even though she's also in the play and surely wants it to go well. Wouldn't it be better for your play? She wrote the songs for this thing. (laughs) Who wants to have the lead just bombing his lines next to you? It would make more sense if she was the one pressing him to memorize his lines. Yeah. Because she would care. I know. This allegedly good Christian. Yes. (laughs) I know. And I think they try and make it seem like, well, he's such a jerk that she shouldn't she couldn't possibly be expected to be nice to him. And I'm like, no, that's the whole point. Yeah. If someone's super churchy and super intent on being a Christian, then those are the moments you're supposed to do this. Yeah, exactly. Especially if your whole thing is, I'm not like a regular teen. I don't have teen feelings. Yeah. And I this don't guy, have mood swings. Yeah. And this guy's clearly desperate. Yeah, I know. So then she makes her famous condition. One condition, though, Carter. What's that? You have to promise you won't fall in love with me. Except it comes off as a joke. She says it completely seriously, and he, of course, laughs and is like, yeah, sure. Because Not a problem. either you're making a dumb joke, or you're the most egotistical person on the face of the planet. That someone can't be around you for an extended period of time without falling in love with you so much so that you need to tell them in advance. Yeah, that's the only way that that came off, which was really... Not very humble. And again, it just, especially after he laughs, it just comes off as a joke. Yeah. Can you imagine saying that in any amount of seriousness at (laughs) any age to any person? No, because if I said it, it would be a joke. Oh my gosh, Anna would be a reference to this dumb movie. (laughs) He, and no guy would get it, of course, because guys aren't forced to watch this by their friends. Okay. (laughs) By their sisters. (laughs) Who they have a podcast with. Well, that. Yeah. I had to watch this because of my friends, so. Ah, I see. He easily agrees, of course, that he won't fall in love with her, and they meet at her house after school, much to the chagrin of her father, who is also not an upstanding example of Christian charity. Oh my gosh, I thought this was really weird. I was like, okay, I think it's enough of a thing for her to have as a character that she's very religious and her father is a pastor. I thought it was weird that then they were like, oh, and also her father is sort of a fire and brimstone preacher and is too strict and is a weirdo. Because a fire and brimstone preacher who's too strict wouldn't have her as a daughter and wouldn't be saying, well, you can make your own decisions in life. Which is what he said, apparently. Apparently. She references a past conversation. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's not the person we're seeing at all. So it's weird that you're... This whole thing. I mean, they clearly had what they wanted to happen at the end. And then they just wrote backwards. They were like, well, how do we get this situation? Oh, let's do this. Yeah. So, just really inconsistent. But yet, at the same time, the movie's not trying to make a point about religious hypocrisy. Like, that's not at all a message in the movie. So it just seems weird that there's all these instances where they are being, where they're aggressively religious and trying to be Christian, but then, like, also kind of hypocritical about it. Yeah. um, This, the reason that this book was written backwards like that, book and movie, were written backwards is it's actually inspired by Nicholas Sparks' sister, who got engaged to her husband when she was sick and then she died at like 34 and then also she was a nerd who wore ugly sweaters in high school and wasn't popular and carried a bible around everywhere and this was a really insulting thing i found (laughs) on some website i found which was that also similarly nobody ever thought that anyone would fall head over heels in love with her and i was like wow just slap your dead sister right in the face yeah On a different night, Landon's driving home and sees Jamie going into the cemetery. 
He pulls over to see what she's up to and she shows him her telescope. She built her telescope when she was 12 and she wants to build a bigger one so she can see a comet that's coming mm -hmm. in the spring and who knows when it will come again. I'm sure this will never come up. <laughs> this somehow leads to a conversation about faith. Because a lot of these conversations Everything do. does. Just a real tangential way. I mean, clearly it was yeah. shoehorned into the dialogue. Like, this isn't how necessarily these conversations would happen. So, Jamie believes in God, but Landon doesn't because of all the evil in the world. So, we get a brief problem of evil argument before cutting back to the school. Yeah, it's really weird how much of this movie is about evangelization. <laughs> yeah. Somehow not the plot, but it happens all the time. It's because they gave her one character trait, and that was religious. Ah, uh, the other one was a dumb voice. <laughs> no, she brought that herself. Oh, okay. Landon's with his friends at school, and Jamie asks him if he's coming <laughs> over after school again. And he makes fun of her to save face. Of course! Yeah. What were you thinking? You guys aren't friends. You're helping him learn lines. Like, for someone who's so mature and so wise, you have a remarkable lack of awareness of what is going on people around you. I know. And then she super holds it against him later. Yeah, because he shows, he, I will say, it was pretty <clears throat> gutsy of him to show up after school and then like, so we're going to rehearse lines. <laughs> it was either gutsy or really stupid. Yeah. She's annoyed with him, even though, again, he never claimed to be her friend. They've barely gotten along up to this point. And surely she expected that because all of his friends are the worst. But he says they can't be friends. Because he's cool and she's not. She says she thought she saw something good in him, but she was wrong. <laughs> and then, like a real Christian, kicks him out and slams the door, door in his face. face. <laughs> yeah. Back at tutoring, things still aren't going well with the kids, so he takes him outside to the basketball court, and he magically understands triangles. There's no that, rhyme or reason to this. insane. He was asking him some very vague questions about angles, and I was like, um, I would love to see this poor kid try to apply this on a test. Well, also, I was like, a kid that can understand it that well, acting it out on a basketball court, can also understand it being drawn in front of him on a piece of paper. Yeah. And you also just confirmed that he understood basically two definitions of what triangles were and then started playing basketball, which surely can't be what your tutoring time is to be used for. <laughs> yeah. But what we're supposed to be seeing is that he's now using her advice and trying to do better at his punishments, although we never see the, the janitor one again because that one's lame. Gosh, the more I think about this movie, <laughs> the dumber it is. <laughs> Yeah. Just thinking about the end right now, and I can't understand <laughs> the point of it. Well, like, the fact that she slammed the door in his face and was like, I thought I saw something good in you, but I guess I was wrong, and all of a sudden he decides, oh my gosh, am I a bad person? I'm going to start trying now. I, oh gosh, There's I no need to be better. Way. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that he cares about any of this. Yeah. So we see him being good at all his punishments <laughs> and trying and being around Jamie because like play rehearsals and stuff and I think this was supposed to be like a beginnings of love montage I, I don't it didn't really seem like they were I mean, there weren't really any moments you could put your finger on and be like that was it that was the moment they started noticing each other it wasn't like Beauty and the Beast you know those were also insane moments of micromanaging space work by for the director actors. yes the director was insanely micromanaging them it was really weird yeah i was like you have to slap him no you have to slap him like this no slap him like this. walk away like this yeah or do this with your shoulders yeah i was like why don't you just act out all the parts that yeah. would be great <laughs> yeah right so landon also goes to visit clay who's still in rehab and kind of makes amends by admitting he by admitting he also made the jump and belly flopped and then they're like laughing like everything's cool and, and he didn't he wind up in rehab yeah i still think it's weird that he's i still would like to know what his injuries are that he's in rehab yeah i don't know I was like, is he paralyzed? What's going on? <laughs> like, like brain concussion, like brain trauma. Yeah, I mean, I knew a girl who tore both her ACLs at the same time, and she was still in school hobbling around on <laughs> two crutches. Like, what was wrong that with this That work's not going to do itself. <laughs> yeah. Then the play happens, and he sees Jamie all dolled up for the first time and realizes she's beautiful. Who would have guessed with her curled hair and her dress that's not a sweater. <laughs> Plus, she sings a song that's totally not period appropriate, as we so mentioned. Upsetting. 
Because she's Mandy Moore, and so the crowd goes wild. Silently, but yes. Well, and Landon kisses her on stage. Yes. They go wild after he delivers his line. Was that the end of the play? No. That was a terrible ending, if so. That surely wasn't the end of the play. But we don't know. All we saw was the (laughs) curtain close, and that was it. That's all we care about. We just need to know that they kissed. Maybe it was only like a ten minute play. (laughs) That would explain a lot. Yeah. Everything except why it took him so long to memorize his lines. <laughs> After the show, everyone's congratulating him on a great performance when his father comes up. Remember? Daddy issues. His father comes up and tries to talk to him, but Landon walks away just like his father taught him. Yep. Don't walk away. You taught me how. <laughs> In the lunchroom, Landon walks up and sits at Jamie's table in front of everyone, and she is surprisingly rude to him, even though this is one of the things you were angry about him for doing. I know. He's clearly trying to make amends to you. Yeah, she's really mad, though. Because she's not mad at him for the one thing she should be mad at him about, which is the only reason you're trying to make friends with me now is because you saw that I'm actually super hot. Yeah. Never mentions that, because, of course, that would mean she had to acknowledge that she was super hot, which she could never do as a character. Nope. Then she wouldn't be perfect. Yeah. So instead, she's imperfect in a different way. He says he misses spending time with her, and she doesn't believe him, even though, again, he's shown major progress in even admitting that he knows her. Yeah. Yeah. He accuses her of just pretending to not like him because she's scared of wanting to be with him, which seems astonishingly arrogant of him. This is just as bad as the, you can't fall in love with me. fall in love with me. Yeah. The only reason you don't want to spend time with me is because you're in love with me. You're scared to admit it. Or maybe you're a lesbian. It's one of the two. (laughs) Yeah. So she storms off. Later, Landon's working on his car with Eric who finds some music in the boombox that Jamie lent him. Oh, it is Jars not of the Clay, boombox. my friend. Yeah, the, the CD, not yeah, the boombox. Yeah, the CD, yeah. Jars so, of Clay, Christian music. Yes. And actually, not even, like, the worst. I'm like, they could have found way worse Christian music if they wanted it to seem really egregious. Yeah. He accuses Landon of actually kissing Jamie at the play and not wanting to spend time with his old friends. He says Jamie's changed him and he doesn't even know it. And he says this like it's a really terrible thing. I also think it's very clear that he does know she's changed him. It's really weird to say, like, you don't even realize you've changed. He's listening to Christian CDs. I don't know what you think he thinks that is. Well, and also, your friend, this has only happened because your friend was arrested and gravely endangered another human being. So (laughs) the fact that he might be changing isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, But he used to be cool, so at what cost? Landon visits Jamie that night and gives her a gift. She opens it to find a hideous pink cardigan, which she loves. It's actually less hideous than the sweater she's been wearing around. (laughs) It's not that much better. Her father's not amused, well, though. target audience loved it. She thinks it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Her father's not amused, though, because boys have urges. Oh, my gosh. For a preacher that's so strident, you would think that he would be better equipped to talk about this stuff. He was just like, boys like that, they... They have expectations. Have expectations. I was like, oh, my gosh, you can't even talk about sex? Are you kidding me? Well, also, you can't be like... Because she's like... I thought you said that I could do what I wanted with my life. And she's and he's like, well, it's not you. I mean, like, I trust you. And I'm like, well, you either trust her or you don't. Yeah, that kind of thing never is. It, it, it's like, well, I mostly trust you, but I think you could be led astray. Yeah. That's what people mean. They never mean I trust you full stop. And also, he's never made any attempt to try and get to know Landon, even though Landon has apparently been going over there a lot to learn lines. Or was, until they had a falling out. Yeah. But he made no attempt to get to know Landon. Uh, He knew all he needed to know. That Landon was a boy. Yeah. Who got in trouble with the police. Nope. Just boy. (laughs) That's bad enough. (laughs) Meanwhile, Landon's friends are, who are angry at Jamie, especially his ex-girlfriend, Photoshop and distribute a picture of Jamie's head 
on a swimsuit model's body, and everyone in the cafeteria is laughing at her like it's the most hilarious thing in the world, even though it's the worst Photoshop job I've ever seen. I also remember the first time I saw this, thinking that she was really overreacting to oh, this. She, for, for someone who's like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I know, and then she's like, oh no, they think I wear swimsuits and have a good body. <laughs> but also, it's... Like, her picture is black and white, and, like, the swimsuit model's in color. And, I like, know. the face, like, she's not even looking in the right direction, because the swimsuit model's at the turn to the side, and she's looking straight ahead in the picture. Like, it's not even, like, a an attempt at a good Photoshop job. So something else that I will say about this, originally the model was naked and they went back and edited a swimsuit onto her when they decided they wanted it to be PG-13. Did they originally want this high school movie to be R? I don't know. They just, they originally, like, none of the other flyers that are around have that swimsuit on. Oh. And you can tell from the, the, the model's pose that she isn't wearing anything. Yeah, that's funny. Well, again, I mean, this is one of those things where I'm like, I get it. What's embarrassing is that someone was mean to you and that everyone's looking at you now. But, like, please don't act like anyone in the school thinks that this is you or... She, but she starts crying. I mean, she gets really upset. Yeah. And then Landon comes in and he sees she's upset. He stands up for her and he leaves with her and comforts her. Okay, except can I just say, and has a full, real falling out with his friends because he punches the mean one. Yeah, but it's also like he knew what was going on when he walked. I mean, he's not supposed to have, but he reacts so quickly. Immediately. Without needing any explanation. It was this guy. Punch in the face, leave with Jamie. As he turns to go, so Jamie's Jamie's facing him Mm -hmm. as he walks up to her to leave, and he bends over to pick up his out-of-frame backpack that he has put down Mm -hmm. for punching purposes, (laughs) and... I, you can't see the backpack, and I was like, is he going to fireman's carry her out of this lunchroom? <laughs> it really looks like that's what's going to happen. And I wish that it had, but it doesn't. Well, instead, he takes her outside the school, and he comforts her, calling her baby, which felt really that weird to me. That was weird. It was the only time it happened in the movie, and it was... He calls her baby later, and it's equally Ew. as weird, but at least they're dating by that point. It was really weird. I was hoping I misheard him. But yeah, but at this point in the movie, they're barely friends. So calling her baby is weird. I know. (laughs) He drives her home and asks her out for Saturday night, but she says she's not allowed to date. So, being an enterprising youth, he goes to her father and asks for permission to date Jamie. Her father declines, of course, but Landon guilts him using Christian charity. So, the one good thing that was used for in this movie... (laughs) Then Landon takes Jamie to a super nice restaurant like all high schoolers do on their first dates. Yeah, with an insanely small and weird dance floor <laughs> out, out of doors. I mean, being used exclusively by the oldest patrons they have. Yes. Well, everyone at the tables around them was old. O- older. Like, I'm like, I don't think this is a place a high schooler would take another high schooler because it wouldn't be fun. No, also, if the people there are that old, it's actually probably not the nicest restaurant around. It probably <laughs> used to be nice 30 years ago and is now coasting. That's funny. Yeah, so they awkwardly dance and talk about how he wants to get out of Beaufort. I mean, this is like first date conversation, right? Yeah, I what guess I want to do is you've get out of this met. town. <laughs> yeah. They have known each other for quite a while now. Yeah. Afterward, he drives her to the state line and has her stand on both sides of the line so she can be in two places at once. One of the things from a bucket list. And she's a real dummy about it, too. The state sign is right in front of her, and she can't figure out why they're there. (laughs) Even after he's like, so you have a foot in this state and a foot in that state. And she's like, and? And he's like, so you're in two places at once. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's the sweetest thing in the world. And I was like, man, you look like a real idiot. Well, not just in this scene, but yes. (laughs) Then he gives her a temporary tattoo, and that's super magical, of course. And he has, like, an array to choose from. Well, they don't sell them singly, Rose, most (laughs) of the time. And also, please don't act like a temporary tattoo is somehow a substitute for a real tattoo. This is the thing. She could never have gotten a real tattoo if she was like, this is just as good. Yeah. (laughs) They talk about faith some more and how God is like the wind. You can't see him, but you can feel him. But Landon's really more interested in kissing her, so he does that instead. (laughs) And then he says he loves her, which is insane. Oh my goodness. This is your first date? 
and Betty. <laughs> so weird. And she gets really upset. She's like, I told you not to fall in love with me. She only <laughs> sort of looks upset, and then they kiss again anyway. So she can't have been that upset. I was like, well, that's a weird thing to say. I know. She's just kind of sad that it happened. Yeah. And yeah, we're supposed also, to. Also, this is your fault, you weirdo. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing. Okay, it's insane to be like, don't fall in love with me when we're practicing <laughs> lines together for the school play. Don't fall in love with me, the weirdest girl in school. <laughs> don't try to look through this inch-thick sweater. But then she agrees to go out on a date with him and then is made sad by the fact that he says he loves her. And I'm like, well, if you don't want him to fall in love with you, don't encourage him. I know. Anyway, they go to school holding hands, which makes his friends angry. And they come home late, which makes her father angry. Her father tells Jamie she's acting sinfully, which we all think means, like, you know, something. But then she says he needs to be fair to him before things get worse. And we realize there's something else. That's right. Yeah, wouldn't you have thought that her curfew was, like, 7.30 p.m.? <laughs> this seems like they were out really late the other night. I was like, how'd you drive to Virginia and do all these things. It was a really long date. Yeah. yeah. They go stargazing, Landon and Jamie. Not Jamie and her father. <laughs> <laughs> they That's go what the father wanted to happen. Yeah. They go stargazing and she he shows her the star he named after her because young love is insufferable. Oh my goodness. So first of all, congrats for spending $25 on the <laughs> internet. Also, those stars that you can buy are not visible by your dumb telescope. <laughs> they are barely visible with any telescope. So good oh luck gosh. finding it. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that Orion? No, I, nope. I named it after you. It's... So because he shows her the certificate, like for one thing, he can point it out in the night sky. Like he's it was on his star map. He's like, "Oh, can you find this one?" Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, map? sure." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's insane!" So she tells him the number one thing on her bucket list is to get married in the church where her parents were married. Landon, then that's the end of the scene. There's nothing more to that. Landon doesn't get home until morning, and his mother is super cool with it again because she's a terrible mother. I know. She found the bucket list that Landon has made and doubts that he can accomplish it. So, super cool mom, but not very supportive. Oh, I know. Go to medical school? Landon, these things are hard. You're going to have to try really hard, though. Um, Also, she's like, just be careful. That's the minister's daughter. And I'm like, wow, that's the only reason you care? Good job. (laughs) I know. That was pretty bad. So, he says that Jamie makes him want to be better. And she believes him. So, he can do it. Out on a date, Jamie tells Landon that she has leukemia in a really abrupt-seeming way. There was not a lot of lead-up to this. No, and she's like, they're just just a question about college. And she's like, I'm not going to college. I'm not taking a gap year, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm dying. That's my, <laughs> that's my five-year plan. I'll be dead. Yeah. And she explains that she has leukemia and was diagnosed two years ago and has stopped responding to treatment. She's in shockingly good health for someone who is no longer responding to treatment for advanced leukemia. I know. Mandy Moore should not be the poster child for cancer patients because she looks perfectly good through this entire film. Yeah. At most, she looks kind of tired. Yeah, and a little pale. So, there you go. The ravages of leukemia for you. All her hair, though. Yeah. That's not a wig. Of course. All her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. He's mad she didn't tell him before, like they've been dating for a year or something. <laughs> I know, like they were engaged. Yeah. And then he goes to his father, like he's, they have a fight and he drives off. Oh, and... it's a dramatic scene with a dramatic song over it. He's driving at night. He's angry. He goes to his father's house, who I guess is a doctor, because oh, he demands. This so funny. I know. <laughs> he demands he check out, Jay. like, get your bag, or you have to go look at my girlfriend who's dying of cancer, and then you have to do something about and it. He, and his father's like, like. I don't even know. I don't know her case. I'd have to look at her file. I don't even know if I, I'd have to talk to her doctor. And then he reveals that he's actually a cardiologist. <laughs> Does she have heart cancer? Because if not, I don't know what this guy thinks is gonna, gonna happen. 
you put me travel all the way out there and your father's a cardiologist. Here's the other thing. And you're thing. outraged that he's not a... What is he going to do? What is he, it's not like she gets to set a broken bone. He can't just take his medical bag and go over I there and be know. like, oh, I know how to cure this. His poor dad. He's banging on the door in what must be the middle of the night. Yes. And then he gets mad that they don't immediately come to the door when no one's expecting him. And he starts walking away. And I'm like, were you actually going to walk away and drive all the way back to wherever you came from? Yep. Even Because they didn't come to the door in 30 seconds. Yes. So he storms off angrily and drives around trying manfully not to cry. Immediately another, the same driving scene. Yes. Just in the other direction. Yeah. Different song. Very angry and dramatic. It was so funny. <laughs> this this scene lasts forever, considering how quick everything else has been going. That's the, the thing. driving this scene is takes long forever. driving scene. Angry at dad, back in the car. <laughs> yeah, to where we just keep cutting between the car, the car exterior, and him in the front seat, making sad expressions, <laughs> like back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Yeah, so insane. He winds up at a scenic lake where Eric finds him. Landon's mother called him and told him everything, including, I guess, that he's at a lake. Yeah. And now he's there to support him. Also, this means that Landon had to go home, tell his mother everything, and then angrily drive off to go see his father. And then she had to immediately call his friends. I don't know what the timeline is on this, because this makes it seem like it was several days later. Yeah, I know. But I think it's supposed to be the next morning. I think it is. So again, weird. I mean, it's weird that Landon's mother didn't call Eric because she was worried and his girlfriend called and said, hey, I told him I had leukemia and he got really upset. Like, that would have made way more sense. Yeah. So his other friends, one by one, over the course of all of this My Sick Girlfriend's stuff that's about to happen, make up with him and he forgives them and all that. They don't apologize to her, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> who, who needs it? Yeah. Or try and get to know her at all. Anyway, Jamie... Well, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Don't waste my time. Jamie apologizes to Landon for not telling him sooner, and they make up. They both, you know, they're kind of apologizing to each other, and they make up. She, He asks if she's scared, and she says she's scared of not being with him. Oh, my gosh. Please don't lie to me about your fear of death. Well, also... You have known him for like a week. Don't act like you. You'll be sad <laughs> of you? not it being with him. Three weeks at least <laughs> yeah. from start to finish of that play. Well, true. Yeah, I'm like you'll you'll be sad right. that you won't be with him, but you're not scared of it. No, it's not like he's your soul rock and has been through your entire life. You might be scared of not being with your dad. He's the one that's been with I you. I felt this whole really time. bad for her father who just got shoved to the side <laughs> in this whole process. I know, like his daughter's dying, and it's like, nope, it's all about this kid now, though. Got a boyfriend, Dad. I don't have time for you anymore. Yeah. Thankfully, he reassures her that that will never happen because he's going to stick with her through this illness. He gets his mom to teach him to dance so he can dance with Jamie. You actually have to be a really good dancer to be able to teach someone the opposite part of a dance that you know. Yeah. He, she taught him how to lead, which is really hard. Yeah. Just saying. Well, we don't know her backstory. It's probably more interesting than this. Although it <laughs> ends in divorce, so. so therefore not a Nicholas Sparks novel. Yeah. He also builds her a stronger telescope so she can see the comet she wanted to in the spring. Oh my goodness. Do you know the kind of materials that you would need to build a telescope like that. I'm so upset that he just like, well, apparently a poster tube and some crystals you order online. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But it requires a lot of measuring and bending over and scribbling on things. So. Gosh, it was hard work. Yeah. He was in that backyard several times. Yes. So but then Jamie faints and she has to go to the hospital. And now things are getting serious. And Lynn, it kinda seems like she's just gonna be hooked up in the hospital forever. Now. Yes. Although with surprisingly few things hooked up to her. It didn't really look the way I expect for that. But maybe that's because she was so healthy looking. Yeah. Landon stays well, with but her. but she can only whisper now. Oh, so true. things are yeah. getting serious. Yeah. Landon stays with her in the hospital longer than her father does, apparently. Because at first we yeah. only see Landon in the room. He finally leaves, though, so her father can have a heart-to-heart -heart with her. Later, though, he comes back so the plot can start again. <laughs> and she gives him a book of quotes that was her mother's. I think also part of the problem is I'm like, you're making it seem like these people have a real and lasting love and not like they went on on two dates and then she started actively dying of leukemia. They, they yeah. don't know each other and they don't really love each other. No, and they probably wouldn't have kept 
being together. Yeah. So this whole, like, take this book my mother gave me. I'm like, you guys don't know each other well enough for this. No. Like, they just needed to have been dating longer. Even if they'd only, even if they'd been dating for six months. Yeah. Like, as a teenager, I'm like, you can date, you can date for, like, three months even and be like it's the love of my life and especially if you're dying right but it kind of seems like they've been dating for a week so (laughs) it's really hard to take any of this seriously so she gives him a book of quotes that was her mother's and he reads some quotes including the wedding passage out of corinthians the love is patient love is kind bit yeah jamie says that god has a bigger plan for her than she had for herself like that landon was sent to help her through her illness which would actually be a plan for landon i know i don't understand how that's a plan for her but okay but yeah whatever he comes back to the hospital to find jamie leaving his father is paying for private home care for her because his father is loaded i guess cardiologist baby um guess what home care entails nothing (laughs) sitting on porch swing yeah from what we can see for the rest of the movie it's just carefree home living i don't know why she wasn't already at home well it doesn't make any sense if they can't afford stuff then staying in the hospital forever is not the cheapest option yeah and there are people i mean there's a lot of people that have cancer and they basically just go home and live at home for as we, long as they can. Yeah, because home, Until they die. Well, right. Home care is not the same as hospice. Yeah. Which is what she probably would have ended up on if she yeah. wasn't responding to treatment anymore. So he drives to his father's house and thanks him and starts crying, which gives his father everything he ever wanted. Because look at that hug. That it's is some intense feeling right gripping there. hug. Yeah. Landon frantically works to finish the telescope and he gets it done just in time for her to see the comet. After she sees it, he asks her to marry him. That's the most insane thing. And she's, of course, beside herself with happiness. We see them getting married in her parents' wedding chapel. Looking the least sick she has ever looked this whole movie. She (laughs) looks great. She does. And she's able to walk down the aisle and stand at the aisle and all that unsupported. This guy's just making his future dating life so hard. (laughs) I know. Widowed at 17. Not what anybody wants to hear. (laughs) Yes. Because you have some real attachment issues. Okay. Landon's father is his best man, and all his friends from high school are there, and middle school girls across the nation just formed an unrealistic standard of how their wedding should be. (laughs) No kidding. Her father marries them, reading, of course, the bit from Corinthians. They kind of focused on it, like maybe no one in the audience would ever have heard of it before (laughs) that was watching this movie. Has anyone been to a wedding before here? Okay, let me blow your mind. Yeah. And then, we're done with that, we get some closing voiceover from Shane West. Was there opening voiceover? No. Has there been any voiceover for the rest of this film? No. But you know what? We have to wrap this thing up somehow. I know. Guess what? She died. Deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. Jamie and I had a perfect summer together. With more love than lots of people know in a lifetime. And then she went with her unfailing faith. So he's visiting Jamie's father after being accepted into medical school. He gives her father the book of quotes that Jamie gave him, which made me realize how weird it was that he didn't have it in the first place. Isn't that crazy? That was his wife's. Yeah, his wife who died a long time ago. I know, and it's really, really weird to have kept it this long and then be giving it back now. It's it's like not short enough and not long enough. Yeah. It's such an insane thing to do. Yeah. And then he says that he's sorry that Jamie never got her miracle. But her father tells him he was her miracle. And I threw up a little bit in my mouth. (laughs) As did everyone. Jamie saved my life. She taught me everything. About life, hope, and the long journey ahead. I'll always miss her. But her love is like the wind. I can't see it. But I can feel it. I mean, that's real weird, because right there at the end, you basically just made it seem like Jamie is basically God now. But <laughs> I know. And this is that movie also where everything in it has been shockingly unrealistic and awful, and then they get married, and I just, that's it. I'm done. It's crazy. I mean... And here's the problem. Getting married to someone that you know is dying is... Obviously, there's different situations and different couples and whatever. 
it's one thing for older people to do this, people who have some experience and they've seen stuff. It's awful for teenagers to do this. Yeah, you're like 18. Where did you guys even live? Did your rich father rent you an apartment and pay for home health care and whatever? They would have had to live with her father, probably. I guess. And what that, if she'd had a miracle terrible. cure? What if she'd been miraculously cured? Guess what? You guys are getting divorced in five years. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then also, I just feel like it was really selfish of her to accept that. Yeah, I know. Why can't you guys just be together the way you are? Yeah. Because you're never really going to be able to live together like a married couple. You're never going to be able to have an actual marriage. And it's unfair of you to put this burden on him once you're dead. Right. It, it makes it a thousand times worse. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? So anyway, it was a movie that a lot of people I knew really liked in middle school and high school. And it is terrible and it doesn't age well. And I feel completely vindicated when seeing it now. Yep. Although the soundtrack's not bad. But well, that, that's about it. Yeah. The one thing that they just got from other people. This movie, the budget was $12 million. Okay. Because it could not have been that expensive a film. No. Box office, $47.5 million. Wow. Because there are a lot of teenage girls who have very few movies made for them. That's the thing. Say what you will about Nicholas Sparks movies, and we will, <laughs> but they make their money back. Yeah. So next up, to wash the awful taste of this movie out of our mouths, we will be doing awful in a different way, Geostorm. With Gerard Butler, Jim Sturgis, and Abby Cornish. That is a weird cast. And Ed Harris. Well, I'll watch it Getting weirder. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's next on More Is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, email at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.